0: hello my name is Aaron and you're listening to the WP square one podcast
1: and I'm Micah Wood and today we have with us Mike Killen the world's number one sales coach for funnel builders author from single to scale and founder of sell your service so welcome Mike first question I have for you um World's number one, is that like world's best cup of coffee or how did you get that title? (laughs) Yeah, we spent spent millions on
2: market research for that, you know, interviewing everyone. Um, It was kind of actually based off like, you know, if you create what you're number one at, you're automatically number one. And I knew that everyone was going after like how to build marketing funnels and how to optimize your funnels. And sales training is like a big kind of part of my background. And I was like, well, I'm going to teach people how to sell marketing funnels. And sure enough, you know, that's just us all over Google now. When we first went for that keyword, there was a few thousand results. Now there's millions of results. But if you do Google like how to sell a marketing funnel or sell a marketing funnel, how to price a marketing funnel, it's just me. So I'm happy kind of saying I'm, I'm happy to call myself that. But everything else I'm like, you know, ranked one millionth and below. But th- that's I'm number one at.
1: So tell us a little bit more about yourself, what you're up to in 2019 and, you know, uh, give us a little background.
2: Yeah. So as a, as a coaching company, um, the majority of our products are based around courses and coaching. And there's, there's a few other bits and pieces, but that's that's pretty much it. And my biggest problem with 2018 was we were trying to be everywhere. We were trying to do too much social, try to do too much um, content generation. We were trying to create too many products as well. And really, we've kind of sat down with my team and decided that we're just going to try and focus on the closing and the sales aspect of, of our own business and really trying to make sure that we're building the best possible relationships that we can with you know, funnel builders, as opposed to trying to constantly create products, because I think it can become kind of overwhelming when you're constantly creating stuff. I know why people do it. Maybe we'll touch on that later. But yeah, that's, that's what 2019 is going to be about focusing on closing and sales.
1: Nice. So, uh, so what kind of background did you start in with, uh, with sales and that kind of thing? Was this, uh, did you do something previously in the sales area? Or, uh, you know, how'd you get into this?
2: So I actually trained as a chef originally and went out to like France and trained under like French chefs and stuff and basically couldn't hack it. (laughs) It was just too much hard, too much hard work. I didn't like the hours. I didn't like the split shifts. So I ended up getting um, a job doing door-to-door sales, which was really rough, but it taught me a lot. And from there, kind of combined with my... I then you know, went to university and did a, a marketing degree. Bit by bit kind of worked my way through some, some pretty big companies as a, a marketing and sales rep and then head of marketing. And my last job was head of digital marketing for a large data security company. Um, and I basically lost that job. It, I was made redundant. and They fired something like 10,000 people overnight from this company. This was back in 2012. Yeah, it was like it was a massacre, right? You had all these guys who were sort of, Company cars and you know, all sorts of stuff just suddenly disappeared. They didn't have a job anymore, so I set up an agency doing WordPress design, a little bit of everything. And bit by bit, we narrowed down into doing marketing automation for online education businesses, and that's all we did, which was like a big part of that was WordPress. And then from there, I set up Sell Your Service to kind of teach people how to do. You know what it was that i was doing and now that business kind of runs by itself and i spend all my time on on sell your service how, how did you uh
0: wind up getting into wordpress
2: yeah that's a really good question everything that we had done from a large corporate standpoint had been entirely coded by hand right so we were dealing with um you know banks we were dealing with like meteorological businesses, huge amounts of data. So everything was built from scratch and that was what I was used to. So I was trying to develop my own CMS and I'd never heard of WordPress. And again, this was probably 2012. So it was relatively well known then, but I had never heard of it coming from a corporate background and a colleague of mine was like, you need to check out WordPress, Genesis and StudioPress. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really a fan of, you know, page builders. Because at the time, stuff like Wix, Weebly, you know, it was all like Flash-based, so I assumed it was the same. And he installed it on a server of mine, a friend of mine called Michael, uh, and said, just, just try it out. And from then I was hooked. I was absolutely in love. I was like, oh my God, it's everything I've been looking for. You know, it's so, so, so easy. and as it's grown, even over the last five years, it's, it's grown exponentially with its its impact and its use. But that was how I discovered it, it was pretty reluctantly,
0: to be honest. Nice, so I didn't realize, so are, you were building your own CMS, are you, do you have a developer uh, background? I mean, you, you write code?
2: <laughs> no, I definitely <laughs> do not have a background in development. It was, it was kind of learning as I go, and because the truth is, I'd set myself up career-wise and education-wise to get a job in like corporate marketing so when i left i had absolutely no idea what it is that i wanted to do i didn't know whether it wanted to be to design to be development graphic design marketing copywriting you know it it was all so open to me and 2012 and 2013 were real eye openers to me just as i began to discover just how deep the rabbit hole goes in terms of everything that's available. And I kind of was like, I can't do all of this. I physically can't do everything. So we ended up just sticking to WordPress, which I'm eternally grateful for. But even stuff like when you discover WooCommerce for the first time and you don't realize it's an option and you're trying to code your own like shopping cart system, and then you're like, oh, it turns out there was something I could have downloaded for free that would do like 90% of this.
0: It's a huge, huge relief. Makes sense to me. So, how how do you use WordPress uh, on the on the day to day with with your funnels? Yeah. And if this is like trade secret stuff, I'm sorry. No, no, no,
2: no. This is good. <laughs> this is this is all I want to talk about every day. So I'm I'm you know I'm happy to talk talk about this. <laughs> all
0: right, fair enough. So
2: WordPress. So if we look at the, the marketing funnel, like in the broadest possible sense, it's not anything physical. It's really just a strategy. A marketing funnel is just a strategy. They've existed for hundreds of years. Like, um, in newspapers, they used to write serialized letters, and then that could bring you onto a product. And then that product would sell you onto like a home study course. This is, this is even like a couple of hundred years ago. The website now is just a part of a marketing funnel for many businesses. So. The way that we use them internally is that's a huge amount of our traffic generation because I write content every single day and that goes up on our blog. And then we use plugins like Optin Monster, for example, to capture email addresses from people on our blog. And we'll, you know, create categories so each Optin Monster is related to each category. Like I'll give away maybe a booklet on how to price a marketing funnel on all of our categories to do with pricing, or I'll give away a free report on like a sales process for all of our blog posts on sales processes. And then kind of flipping that when people get a little bit further down is we'll look at, we use Beaver Builder for our page builder. And that's what does all of our landing pages, our thank you pages, our delivery pages. It does our online course. WordPress as a, like a a name, I suppose, is pretty much at the heart of all of our operations, apart from maybe... Our CRM system shares about fifty percent of that responsibility as well. So it's a huge amount of everything that we do day to day in terms of conversions, and of course, that's then what we build for customers as well. We'll build their landing pages and thank you pages and, and sales pages and stuff.
0: So you guys use Beaver Builder for for all of the landing
2: pages? Pretty much everything. We've we've tried a lot of other stuff. You know, there's there's platforms out there like lead pages and click funnels that. I don't particularly like and i like the idea that i can just have it on you know on wordpress and beaver builder does a great job we we use a few of the extra you know little extra plugins with that like power pack and ultimate add-ons and stuff as well as a few other plugins um so yeah that, that that powers pretty much everything
0: yeah we use the same type of modules with our our websites so um and we were talking before the call about 48 and 48 um and we, we use that um in, in you you said you uh started off with uh Genesis and you didn't want to use page builders um and you obviously you've moved into the page builder realm and we we kind of did i mean did the same thing for 48 and 48 trying to build 48 websites in a weekend without a page builder um even if you don't i mean even if you kind of understand Genesis it's still a lot to to try to mm-hmm. swallow and i
2: think part of that comes from so this is kind of getting away from WordPress, but a big part of our education system, particularly in the Western world is, is based that the struggle, like struggling is noble. And if you physically, manually have to work hard and plug away and grind away at something, that's the only way to know that it's any good. And I always get at WordCamps, even now, when, you know, if you think how many page builders are out there and are legitimized and they've got clean code, um, they're fast loading, they're responsive, they're well supported, all of those benefits, you still get guys who say, well, if you're not developing your theme and your pages from scratch, you're not a real Developer design a WordPress business, and that used to kind of piss me off, but now i 'm like fine, don't call me a real WordPress business i don't care. it makes my processes so much faster, it means everything's standardized, it means that I'm able to you know support my customers better because they're all on the same platform, and I'm able to ultimately increase my profit margins because I 'm not having to do everything from scratch all the time and I think it kind of comes from this mentality that we're taught if you don't struggle to do something, you haven't worked hard for it. And it's just not true. You know, you've just got to flip how you want to use some of these tools.
1: Cool. So um, tell us a little bit more about, um, so we've talked kind of about sales and funnels and, you know, how you put those things together. So end of the day, I know a lot of people that have products and that kind of thing, they're always wondering, you know, how do I know how to price it? Like if I have different service levels, you know, How do I figure all that kind of thing out? So what do you um, how do you approach that? Yeah,
2: again, it's it's not it's not an uncommon request. Um, And I think a lot of it stems from what we're taught very early on outside of even running a business. So let's say that you guys, you know, well, you do you have your website business or even the hosting or or whatever it is that you're you're doing day to day most people will take a list of the things that they want to do per customer and they'll say i want to build out the blog and five pages and they'll create this shopping list of all the stuff they're going to do and they'll look at that and they'll say what can i get away with for charging that what could i charge the customer for this and this might be like at the proposal stage you know like i don't know if you guys have ever written a proposal and put in all the stuff they need and looked at and gone i've got absolutely no idea how much i'm going to charge for this i don't know if that's ever happened
0: it happens to me yeah. well i guess it used to happen to me all the time now i my my business has grown and so i'm not doing uh proposals quite as much but but yeah sometimes you're you're just kind of guessing guessing yeah. at the numbers
2: yeah and that's exactly it you're guessing and the difference that the way that i've approached this and what's helped me standardize my business you know really work on our on making sure that we're profitable and we generate enough revenue is we flipped that and I said, instead of thinking, what should I charge? I want to think about what should I deliver? So the first p- question that came into my mind was I'm going to charge $10,000 for, for a, a website at the time. That's it. That's, that's my absolute base minimum it's 10 grand, $10,000. What am I going to deliver to the customer then in order to justify that price? and what we started doing is is looking at like okay well they'll get the website maybe they'll get a year's worth of support thrown in with that as well and i had to kind of force myself to justify a 10k price tag rather than thinking what can i get away with i was thinking what am i going to deliver and as soon as you start thinking about what it is that you want to deliver to the customer you begin to internalize and justify that price tag and it goes the same if you want to keep going up and you want to say I want to charge 25 grand per funnel or 50 grand per website or whatever it might be having a look at what it is that you've got to deliver after deciding the price in my opinion is the fastest way of understanding how much you want to earn because it has to come back to like, what do you need to make per year? What does your family need to make per year? What does your business need to make per year? And, and allowing other people to to tell you what you should be charging, it's not a it's not a it's not a sustainable pricing model.
0: Yeah, my um, I remember my dad used to tell me <laughs> that I don't charge enough for uh, my services, and this is when I, you know, was in my what early twenties, building computers, doing yeah. networking and stuff like that, and I was charging so little, uh, to businesses and stuff. And I, and I thought, I look back now and I'm like, man, I could have charged a hundred an hour versus 50, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, yeah. but you know, I, I think one of the things hap- that happened with my company is we had this opportunity, um, to build one site and then some, uh, micro sites, uh, with that company. And, um, the guy that brought it in, he, he said, he said, man, you got to think about value-based, uh, Yeah. what is it called? called? Uh,
2: Value-based pricing or value-based proposition?
0: Yeah. Proposition. Thank you. Um, And and that's one of the things that really, like, you know, we were doing a lot of church websites uh, when we, when we started and, you know, to them, a website is worth, you know, $500, a thousand dollars, you know, for a small site, this company was a billion dollar company, you know? So like I could have done, we wound up, you know, bidding, I mean, basically value-based. And that, that really changed our perspective from, from that point on.
2: And it, it, because the, the biggest fundamental mistake that all businesses make when they get into the, you know, the sales process of their business is they think that the customer is buying a website or they think the customer is buying a bed or they think the bu- customer is buying a holiday. And no one in history has ever bought a website. No one in history has ever bought a bed. What people are buying is a transformation and a future that you're going to help them get to. What they're buying, for example, if it's a church, what they're buying is higher congregation attendance and more engagement from their community. And all of a sudden, as soon as you start thinking about, well, like, why do they want to buy this? What is it in their future that looks better and brighter and, you know, more valuable to use the term value? What is it that's more valuable in their future? And all of a sudden, you transform yourself from a we build websites into actually what we do is we help churches reach out to more members of their community and have three massive fundraisers a year instead of like 10 smaller fundraisers. And if you think of the reasons why they want to do it, that's what you end up selling. And that's what people buy. And all of a sudden, their budget skyrockets. Like, I'm always staggered when people tell me I live in you know, a really rural p- part of the United Kingdom, which is not a massive country, and people always say to me, "Oh, you know, wherever I live, wherever it might be across the world, customers aren't willing to pay ten thousand dollars for a website." And I'm like, I know guys down the road who will spend a quarter of a million dollars on farm equipment. Like, people have got the money. It's not the money that's the problem. It's that you're not clearly demonstrating what it is in the future that they're going to have. You have to make sure that that's the thing that they're aiming for. So as opposed to building websites, what is it that you're bringing to that marketplace or customer?
1: So when it comes to uh, sales funnels, I'm always interested in what that looks like from your perspective. I mean, after all, we got the number one sales coach.
2: Yeah.
1: uh, (laughs) Now you're putting me on the spot. I never
2: said I could back it up. I just said I've got some Google.
1: (laughs) Everything so far backs it up. So you're great so far yeah so far (laughs) we may we may catch you off point. yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so when it comes to sales funnels i think everyone gets the basic idea of like you know you got traffic coming into your site and you've got uh you know people who are interested in what you're offering and you have people who are you know eventually going to buy um and i know it's a lot of people are always focused on getting more and more traffic in, uh, and that kind of thing. Um, and then sometimes they ignore like what's actually happening on their site. So, give us a little background on like, you know, what are the key pieces of a sales funnel, and like, what's the best mentality go about thinking about that so that you uh, get the most benefit out of yeah, it. Yeah,
2: it's it's a really good question, and this again kind of comes back to like, what are you spending? What are you making? You know, s- spending money on or charging. Let's say that you manage to sell a website for like ten grand, and then the customer, all the customer does is spend money on traffic, and they never make any conversions. Then obviously that ten grand is a waste. So you've got to kind of like position, you know, and I'll give you a few of these tactics that I use in order for them to get a return on it. The first thing is that customers will always think that they need traffic, and you, like exactly as you said, it's it's usually they're not converting what's already arriving. So use the exact situation, the exact same phrasing that you guys used, and tell that to your customers and they'll go, oh, okay, actually that makes more sense. I think one of the things that a lot of people ignore is they'll build a site or a funnel or whatever the hell you want to call it. And they'll build one sales page for a product. And if you're a financial advisor, maybe you sell five different services or five different products and they'll have five different sales pages. The first thing in my opinion, is creating multiple sales pages per product. That to me is one of the fastest ways that you can increase conversions is multiple sales pages per product. Have one that's just a pure sales letter. Like Dan Kennedy, for example, had a book called, actually got it in front of me, called How to Write a Sales Letter, How to Write the Perfect High Converting Sales Letter. And it's just literally a long form of text so you have your product page which is what the designers love to go into and they love to make everything look beautiful and have parallax scrolling and all of that you then have a second page for the exact same product that's a sales letter and your job is to then take traffic that has visited one sales page and then either through your CRM or remarketing or you know pixeling or whatever you want to do then dis- display the second page to them and that's one of the easiest ways that we've found of converting people it's kind of like saying well, yeah, they understand the offer, they've seen the offer, but you need to still convince them, you need to still get in front of them. So we're just going to spend a little bit of money on Facebook ads that anyone who visits this page is then going to be shown an advert for the second page or anyone who clicks on this page, our CRM system is going to tag them and say, I'll oh, send them an email about this next sales page. And we'll have up to five sales pages you know, per product. One might be a, a video sales letter, which is just the video in front of them. One might be just a collection of testimonials. One might be a, you know, a, a scarcity-based page that says, "Oh, this offer is going away in three days or two days or, you know, at the end of the month." Trying multiple different sales messages and closes for one product, in my opinion, is probably the fastest way to begin to close some of those deals. And exactly as you say, the stuff that you've got already. And one of the big things that people forget is, if you've already got like a list of customers, you shouldn't be sending them like just the blog articles or videos or posts or whatever, send them emails, directing them back to those sales pages, constantly be trying to work on that list of customers and leads and saying, Hey, this is how we can help. This is what we offer. This is what we sell and try to sell to those people you've already got on your list before you try adding some new ones. And then you can start to automate it and start getting really
0: clever. So how do you guys help? So so let's say my company... my business partner has a degree in marketing, so um yep. <laughs> it's you know, I we probably wouldn't go to you guys, but let's say we can we can't do uh the, the marketing yeah. stuff. I mean, how how does it how does it begin uh with, with you guys? So like, what, as in what what is it you sell? Let's just let's just put that in the ground. So I sell uh, websites, basically, web websites, web development.
2: The first thing you want to look at is what is it that your business What is it that you want to work work on, basically? And it sounds very selfish and internal, but we have a system, and you'll hate me for the acronym, so I apologize. It's called FUNNELS, so it's F-U-N-N-E-L-S, and that system there is essentially taking you through the process of how you close and find and work with more customers if you want to do the marketing. First is facts. There are undeniable facts about running a business, and occasionally we find we have to educate people on that. And next you need to look at what makes you unique. And I think that word is thrown around a lot in like a lot of business texts because people will say have a USP, have a unique value proposition, and all that stuff. And people write up stuff like we have the best service in the world. We're the friendliest people, you know, all of our customers are happy. And I'm like, well, no custom no company in the world is gonna say the opposite of that, are they? No one's gonna say we've got lousy customer service, our customers aren't really that happy, and we deliver everything at a really slow pace.
0: I don't know, I
2: feel like Comcast is like that. <laughs> you, you, do you know what you're absolutely right? <laughs> Comcast is that. They they do say that, but that's what makes them unique. They're happy to own <laughs> they're happy to own that, you know. So you have to look at what is it within the entire process or that you enjoy doing and that you value more than anyone else and when you really dig into it and unfortunately we don't have just physically don't have time on this call but when you really dig into it it might be that your business really understands the model of like the thank you page for example so if someone signs up to a landing page they get redirected to a thank you page that's where you can put your conversion pixel you can put a immediate sales letter to a product you can you know clear spam email addresses whatever and if you really value that area and you value the conversion at that stage. That's a good place to start. And I think what it puts a lot of people off is they start to think, yeah, but you know, that's too small. That's too small an offering. It's too niche. It's too um, restrictive. I'd never grow within that. But the idea is you have to look within these areas where you genuinely want to excel and say to all of the other stuff, like, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in e-commerce. I can do e-commerce. I don't doubt that I could do e-commerce but I'm not interested in that. I just want to work on this particular area. So discovering that, in my opinion, is one of the first things that a lot of businesses, you know, service-based businesses, particularly website and WordPress, um, need to do
0: to start separating themselves out from every other player in the market. Nice. Well, it sounds like you have a successful business. That's uh, <laughs> that's, that's why we have reached out. Sure. To- <laughs> so I don't know, you are number one. So... Um, but yep. so if if you were to go back to square one, what would you do differently?
2: Yeah, it's and it's when you kind of mentioned that on the call, it was really good because it is something we occasionally think about. The first, I think, and most important thing I would do is define a a niche and or niche, whatever you want to call it. And a lot of people know how powerful they are and then they talk themselves out of it. When as soon as I decided to just go after a very particular type of customer, not an industry, people go, I want to work in the service industry. That's like 86% of GDP for most Western countries. So that's not a particularly well-defined niche. But or or when they go, I work with small businesses and I'm like, oh, okay. so you work with 99% of GDP created by most Western countries. Like there's no definition there. So defining a really hyper-specific niche and really grinding that out and working on it and reading everything I could about uh, the niche. You know, Stuart Walker has got a great guide on on niche hackers. Um, there's, there's a lot of content out there. And if I would then decide that I'm just going to build, um, you know, thank you pages or I'm just going to work on... Follow-up email sequences for cart abandonment series for digital products, for example, like that. That's how hyper-specific you want to become. So if I had to go back to square one, everything else that I provide and do and serve and sell is irrelevant because what defines businesses, this is something Ryan Dice said to me, is businesses are defined by the markets they serve, not the products they sell. And if you have a crazy, clear, hyper-specific idea of who you serve you're way more likely to grow because everything else that comes after it stems from knowing who your audience is and serving them better than anybody else. That's what's important. So if I had to go back in time, that's probably what I'd focus on.
1: Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I've heard uh, a lot about, uh, uh, niches and that kind of thing. But I think one of the things that, um, kind of really drove it home for me was, uh, somebody was talking about how, um, Massive clarity can drive massive action, right? So most people yes. in the business, they have no idea what they are really going after when they have such a broad market. If they hone that in, then it becomes a lot more clear what the, what the rules of the game are and how to play, right? We're bombarded
2: by tactics every day, right? Like, oh, you should be doing Facebook video. Oh no, you should actually be doing Facebook video cascade sequences. Oh no, you should be doing the Hydra method. And that's just one area. And then you should be blogging. You should be search optimizing. You should be on YouTube. You should be on IGTV and creating Instagram quotes and interviewing people on podcasts. And there's tactic after tactic after tactic and everything gets very, very messy and murky. But as soon as you are hyper clear on who you are helping, nothing else matters. Because you think to yourself, what is the best way for me to get sales training in the hands of funnel builders? It's by going on podcasts. Awesome. I know that now, and I'm clear on whatever it is I need to do. And when someone says to me, oh, Mike, what you should be doing is you know, really ramping up your Facebook, gauge, uh, Facebook page engagement and posting stuff out, I know that my particular audience, they're not that interested in that. I'm aware of where they are, what they do. I'm not going to worry about that. I I just, it's not something I care about. So it helps eliminate like that FOMO, your fear of missing out. It makes it easier to price your services. You're more likely to get gain recognition. It really is. Yeah, I like that. I haven't heard that before from massive clarity comes massive action. I like that a lot.
1: We're really excited to have you on the show. Uh, All this is amazing information.
2: No, thanks so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. For those that want to find more amazing information i believe you can be found in many places you have a website sellyourservice.co.uk that is correct you are on instagram as funnel <laughs> yep on twitter as mike killen and yes
2: mike underscore killen i think
1: i oh couldn't yeah, get mike. mike killen i was devastated it's an uh, artist who's got that and it really wound me up oh man <laughs> <laughs> Uh, And I believe you've got a really active YouTube channel as well, right? So, or at least lately, I've noticed. Yeah, yeah. All kinds of good stuff on there. One of my favorite videos uh, for those that are, not that you need to explain anything, but for those that are interested in finding out more awesome stuff, uh, I believe you have one. It's titled like Marketing Density or something along those lines. Yes, Marketing Density, yeah. Marketing Continuum, I think is the name of the, the video, yeah. So that's a that's an awesome video, particularly talking about niches as well. So
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they they match up well. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Well thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time.
2: Not at all. Thank you very much for having me on, guys. I appreciate it.